So everyone's going to tell you that the Steelers situation with Kenny Pickett, now he's QB2, it was a clerical era. Tony Serino has a list of conspiracy theories. We're going to go over what it really was about. We'll talk about those for fun on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But also, we got to talk about how the Steelers get after Joe Burrow. He will be playing this game. He's healthy. He's back. But there's a way that I think they can get after him. It's not just simply about getting pressure, but there's ways how to, to attack him and make him not as strong in this game. We'll talk about that here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by Tony Serino today. It's going to be a fun Wednesday episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button in this video. If you enjoyed, hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content whenever we bring it out. We thank you for making us your first podcast listen every day. This episode is brought to you by Brightco Jewelry and Watch Insurance. Brightco brings you comprehensive, fast, and affordable jewelry insurance for as low as $5 per month. Check out your our special offer for locked on listeners and get covered in under two minutes at bright.co forward slash locked on. That's bright.co forward slash locked on. More on them later. Joining me today is my man Tony Serino. Time for a Tony Wednesday. Tony, hey. what's up, man? Uh listen, I, I should I should have brought the tinfoil hat today. I, I didn't, but uh just just know for all you audio listeners, it's it's a tinfoil hat Wednesday coming up here on Locked On Steelers. So a few things to go over. We, we I, I just I wanted to take time to talk about this because Jeff Hartman and I discussed this on yesterday's episode. How it, we didn't think it was that big of a deal that Kenny Pickett was QB three. That if it came down to like if Mitch got injured and there had to be a long term, probably Kenny would be the guy that would be put in there. But maybe Mason was just the emergency break of glass in case quarterback you know falls apart quarterback or whatever but it wasn't that yeah. big a deal and it probably would switch at some point we had no idea it would switch the next day which is what happened on tuesday 18 hours later I i'm sitting there in the pit media room like we're waiting for uh the pits coaches to show up and we're like huh kenny pickett's back at qb2 we see the tweet and we're like well that's that's a thing uh so we see that happen and then i and then you know brooke Pryor asks mike tom at his press conference and he's like oh yeah it's a clerical error and he kind of smiles and he's laughing because it is funny. I mean, it, let's face it. Like this, we're saying that there was a copy or he said a cut and paste error where basically yeah. the same group from uh, from preseason was just stamped in there. And, and Kenny Pickett was placed at the three when he should have been at the two. So Mason Roth was QB two for a day. Um, <laughs> Poor Tony, I, I buy into this because. I've had you buy into what? Errors. Which conspiracy? Which conspiracy do you buy into? Not none, no conspiracies. I actually believe that the Steelers legitimately made a mistake here. The one conspiracy I will buy into is that behind the scenes, they were pitching to a team that they wanted to trade Mason and they wanted to say, See, he's our second quarterback. Yeah, and then like when that. they when the other team was like yeah, we're not buying that. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, he's not really a quarterback. <laughs> okay, and, and then they went back to him. But Tony, <laughs> I considered that one. I, normally, I start this show off with with some we we get some hard hitting facts, but we got to go to your conspiracies, man. But I'm because, on today. No, no, I'm on today, Chris. We, uh, don't, we, don't, we don't do that when Tony's on. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, give me your top. I want you to narrow it down to three. Give me three oh, of, of your best conspiracies as to what actually happened 
when the Steelers switched it up to today. And that first of all, was it really a mistake? And what actually happened here? Was it really a mistake, Chris? Oh, I just oh, oops, everybody. I'm sorry. You know how I've been I've been building up this whole time about who could he be the quarterback? I don't know. Mike's like, every time Mike gives a press conference, like I don't know who's a quarterback. You could be quarterback. Who knows, everybody? It could be anybody. <laughs> and then when they released the depth track, oh, oops, we forgot to update. Oh, that part, the quarterback part. Oh, the the part where our first round quarterback's gonna be. Yeah, no, no, that went. Oh, just slipped the mind. Sorry, forgot who we were gonna put there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Conspiracy theory number one. He gave in to fan pressure. He gave in. You know, Chris, here's oh, the thing. One of the on. most underrated storylines of all offseason. Mike Tomlin's on social media now. He's a social media guy. Loves posting on Instagram. Oh, you know, he's gosh. every oh, he's, a, he's doing his little Instagram stories and whatnot. So let me paint a picture for you, okay? He releases the depth chart. You know, and maybe he's not feeling that great about it. You know, he's it's, he's up late. He's like, all right, grab, he's sitting in bed. And he's like, all right, let me get my phone real quick. Let me just. Let me just check Twitter real quick. Let me just see what let me just see what people are saying. And he's scrolling through Twitter. Mike's scrolling through Twitter. And you see who does he see? Everyone's favorite Steeler Twitter guy, Andrew Filipponi, who had he was on one. Yes. He was yes. I, I, on. I'm loving this already. <laughs> he was on one that night. And Filipponi had just, I mean, banger after banger on Twitter. And what did he say? Cuddy Pickett is the best third three quarterback in the league. And Tomlin <laughs> reads that and he goes, Oh no, you know what? Andrew's right. Andrew's right. I've, I've made a mistake. Bert, Bert, we need to change it. Make Kenny QB too, please. I've made a mistake. That's, That's conspiracy told. number you, one. You, you are crazy, sir. You, I, I just wanted to know if you're listening, if you're listening on audio platform and you can't see my face, I'm trying very hard to not just just fall into my microphone and 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 break up my studio here because I'm just like this. Is the this is ridiculous, but this is why I love Tony because my man, he, this is the man who saw a Washington, uh, what was it, Redskins plane? Oh, yeah, that's right, in, in the that's Pittsburgh right. airport. And, 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 and we did a whole episode about how it was really to pick up Mike Tomlin and that the trade was actually going to happen. And, and this is the so this is could be this long is term. this is remedial for me. Like, like, as soon as this happens, my first thought was, What's Tony going to think about this? So, Tony, give me your second conspiracy theory here, conspiracy theory. Number two, all is well. Tomlin releases the depth chart. It's fine. We we now we we wake up Monday morning. Art Rooney comes into the office, bangs on Tomlin's door. Mike Tomlin, open this door. We got to talk about QB two. Totally, How totally. Dare. That's exactly what happened. How second. dare you put Kenny Pickett QB three? I decide. Art Rooney decides who's QB two here in Pittsburgh. Listen, he's Art Rooney two, so he wants to know who QB two right. actually should be. I decide QB two in Pittsburgh. Change it right now. Make make Kenny Pickett QB two. That's conspiracy number two. I find both of these, by the way, Chris, to be very silly. The idea that Tomlin gave in to fan pressure is very silly. The idea that Art had some kind of play in this. The timeline certainly matches up, right? Like Art came in the next day and said, "Hey, Mike, let's talk about this," and then they released it at eleven a.m. I buy the timeline, but still. Why does Art Rooney care about QB2 on the team? If it was QB1, fine, right? If, if, if let's say Pickett would end up being QB1, that I could buy. All right, conspiracy theory number three. And this one, Chris, is not the conspiracy theory. This is not a conspiracy theory. This is what I think actually happened, okay? This is what I think actually happened. I think it really was a clerical error. And the reason why I think it was a clerical error is because I think Mike Tomlin actually forgot. I think he forgot that he didn't have Kenny Pickett QB2 on the original. And the reason why he forgot is because he doesn't he do keeps, these things. He tells he, them what to do. No, no, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, imagine he he's typing up this email to an intern, right? And he's like, okay, let me think of because again, Tomlin doesn't take these depth charts seriously. Right? We know this from going back when he used to list Terrell Edmonds as a free safety on this team. 
I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't think I don't think Terrell's gonna be playing free safety, but okay. Uh I think he types it up and he's like, Yeah, Warren's RB2, uh, Dotson one left guard, and Devin Bush is uh, in starting inside linebacker, right? Ship that out. <laughs> you know why? You know, but you know why quarterback didn't come top of mind for Mike? Because as we've been saying all along, Chris. There was no quarterback battle. There wasn't one. Even though Mike kept saying, oh, quarterback battle, quarterback battle, quarterback battle, everything he actually did, Trubisky was always QB1 at camp. He was QB1 in every preseason game other than two series that Kenny got. He's been QB1 in practice ever since training camp ended. So I could, I definitely buy the idea that this legitimately was a clerical error because I think it actually did slip Tomlin's mind that he forgot he didn't already have Kenny QB2 because he knew, because in his mind, this quarterback battle had been set from day one of training camp. There is no quarterback battle. Mitch is my dude, and the, the everything behind that, who cares? That's my conspiracy theory. And it's not a conspiracy. That's that's fact. That's fact, he says. <laughs> I, I want to go back to – and I like Andrew Filippone. He's a funny guy. We've we played we played best. softball together. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's very entertaining on 93.7 The Fan. But I wanted to read through your, you guys his Twitter handles meltdown Monday night. It starts with, I've seen the Steelers' depth chart, and I'm not happy. Third-string quarterback, my big hairy butt. And he goes, then he goes to the Steelers' best quarterback will be inactive in Cincinnati. What a pile of bull dingy. Then he goes again. He says, I'm logging off. I can't take, I can't let this brain-dead coaching decision ruin my holiday. See, we'll and talk that's tomorrow. Where- this is where Mike's reading it and going, oh, I'm ruining his holiday. But, but wait, but then he didn't log off because the next I, thing he tweet is in, is in all caps, Kenny Pickett is the best third-string quarterback in the NFL, hands down. <laughs> sure. If that was hands the down. It's inarguable. It is it's inarguable. inarguable. It's inarguable. It's, it's just fact at this point. But, you know, I say I bring this all up to say, man, what a bunch of hoopla about <laughs> nothing. About like, nothing. Like, like about Mitch was going to start – we do know that the Steelers will only have two quarterbacks active on, on game days. So Kenny Pickett will be the second guy. Um, you know, and again, Jeff Hathorne said on this show yesterday that he was surprised to see Kenny at number two. And I, I said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised to see him at number three, but I was like, I'm not tripping over this. Like, you know, the Steelers yeah, it was have surprising, a- but not shocking. Right. It was like, right. oh, I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm not shocked. Right. Yeah. Like this wasn't a, a throw everything up in the air, but you, you just love, I love to feed the, like I was, I loved trolling people on Twitter because you know, all, all, all yesterday, like, you know, when the announcement that Art Rooney's got an announcement and it was that Franco Harris's Jersey retired. Awesome move, by the way, that should have been done a long time ago. Uh, but you know, it, that it was, it was about that, but leading up into it, I saw so many conspiracy theories. Mike Tomlin's going to resign during his press conference. And then Art Rooney's going to name Brian Flores as the new head coach. And I'm like, just y'all, y'all need a chill pill, man. And Art then came in and broke the door down. Exactly. That's you? what it was. How yeah, dare he did the, how dare you? And it was all because he named Kenny Pickett as QB three <laughs> in the first depth chart. Um, hey, now that Kenny's QB two, how many, how many incomplete passes does it take Mitch before we start hearing Kenny chance in, in Akershire in week two? Not even one. He'll complete one and it'll go for five yards. It'll be like, it'll be second and five. And they'll be like, <laughs> Steelers fans will be like, that could have been a touchdown. Kenny, if, 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 Kenny. If, if, it's going to happen. It's going to happen before kickoff. Like, like he's just going to be Probably. staying on the sideline. And that's what it's been like at training camp. It's been crazy. All right, I've spent way too much time giving you the the, the floor for, the, for these conspiracy theories. We're going to talk some actual football in just a minute here, so stay tuned here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Brightco. Now, you don't know about Brightco. They are one of our great sponsors. 
Uh, Brightco is a jewelry insurance company that will make sure you get a you get a replacement for the full value of an engagement ring, an expensive watch, or any jewelry, whether it's lost, stolen, or you just can't figure out what happened to it. If you've ever been on a YouTube dive for random fail videos, you've probably seen some guys drop their engagement ring right as they're about to propose, and it falls off a boat or off a helicopter or down a sewer, and they lose it some some ridiculous way. They're then then they're out thousands of dollars while being humiliated on the internet. Well, Brightco can't help with the internet part, but they're here to help you get back your hard-earned money that you spent on that ring. Go to bright.co forward slash locked on to see some of these insane videos that I've been talking about and learn how you can get insurance cheap as, as cheap as $5 on expensive jewelry. Again, that's bright.co forward slash locked on to get your jewelry insurance today. Back here in the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Tony Serino. Tony, I, I want to talk about Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, you know he had his appendix situation and he had surgery, was removed, and now he but he's back now. You know, I yeah. saw some people when I was bringing up Joe Burrow earlier this week. They're like, "What if he doesn't play? He, he's playing in this game." No, no, he's definitely um, playing. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely playing. So get that out of your mind. But you know, I I don't think that Joe Burrow is this unbeatable god that people have made him out to be in this in this offseason. You know, people are saying, oh, he's just going to run away with the division. He's going to run away with the conference. It's just going to be easy to for him to just roll through everybody. It, I just I look back last year and like this this Bengals team almost lost to the Raiders in the first round of the playoffs. They were a you know a terrible game from Ryan Tannehill away from losing to the Titans in the second round. They had a great game against the Chiefs both times they played them, and I give them them credit for that. And Joe Burrow again, he stood up in, in some big moments in these playoff runs, but there were also times that you saw him look very vulnerable. And I think the biggest thing about beating Joe Burrow is beating the people around him per se. And yeah. I say that because like when you look, especially like the pressure side of this and getting pressure on Joe Burrow is, 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 is plain and simple. If you go back and you look at, especially that early game against the Steelers, the Bengals were just quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. They're not trying to let Joe Burrow have to deal with the pressure. They're trying to let him get rid of the ball quick, beat the Steelers underneath. And then eventually they'll make the mistakes and he can go over top. And, and also trying to have a balanced attack to make that easier so with the running game. Now, I talked about that running game and stopping Joe Mixon is a key. That was my first episode of the week on Monday. So go check that out if you get the chance. But I, I look back at that Titans game. They sacked him eight times in that game, I believe. I might be miscounted. It might be nine times. Uh, um, it it might have even been – it might have been ten. I remember there being a lot. It was a lot of times in that game. Uh, Yeah. No, it was nine times. I just counted it, it up nine. again. Okay. I, I missed one. I missed one sack, and they sacked him nine times. Jeffrey Simmons got three of those sacks. I say this to say, I you know, a lot of people are going to talk about how do you beat Joe Burrow. I, I don't think it's about cooking up the craziest coverage scheme. I don't think it's about, you know, about you versus Joe Burrow. I think it's about, one, stopping the run so that he doesn't get to depend on that as much, and then, two, putting them in those situations where he has to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. He can't get the quick release. And then that pass rush has to come alive. This game, I think can very much be won by Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, TJ Watt, and Alex Highsmith. Also, Mike Tomlin did say Alex Highsmith will play this week. So that's not a question. He, he said Deontay Johnson, maybe we'll see about availability. He didn't give that that, that to the Alex, Alex Highsmith question. Alex Highsmith will play this week. So, I I look at this, but I I truly think, Tony, this is, you know, people are going to talk about how to get inside Joe Burrow's head. I I think 
if they neutralize the run game and that pass rush is what it was, what it has been the last four, five years, yeah, I, I think that's the Steelers' best ticket to win is th- this game. But it also requires the Steelers' offense to put the Bengals in situations where they have to score points, and that did, that never happened last season. No, no, last year this was this was these were barely contests. Right? I mean, the Steelers lost by yeah. fourteen, and then by what, like thirty-one in the second it was time. In the second, yeah. the second one was just it was over at halftime. Yeah, um, it was over before yeah. halftime. Yeah, I mean the pick six pretty much put yeah. a wrap on that one. No, I, I'm I'm with you as far as getting. I mean, obviously you got to get pressure on Joe Burrow, no doubt about it. You know, Burrow does this thing. It, it, it is honestly one of his best qualities, um, and it's it, it's what made that Bengals team click last year. Is that he does, you know, what do you want to say? Hold on to the ball too long or whatever. Right? He does the yeah. whole. He's talked about this on the on the podcast he was on this year, where you know he said, look, if it's if it's third and ten, you know, and and I could I could check it down. Why would I do that when I could just hold on a little longer? Maybe I get sacked, but I'm going to give myself a chance to make a play down the field, and I'll, maybe I'll take a sack, but I'd rather take a sack than not give myself the chance at all at getting this first down. I mean, it's an interesting way to do it, uh, but I'm with you, man. You got look, you got to be able to get pressure with him. I think you also probably, Chris, have to get pressure with four. Yeah, Blitzing Joe Burrow, the, the one thing I, I like about Joe Burrow a lot is, is the cerebral part of his game. He does a really good job of, of oh, he recognizing does, yes. yeah, where, where that pressure is coming from, and he will take advantage of it if he knows he has a numbers advantage in a certain side. Like, he's going to go there, and he's going to get rid of That's where he will kind of get rid of the ball, take advantage of that, and move the chain. So, you know, I don't know if the Steelers want to run a lot of a lot of exotic blitzes and whatnot. If they're going to, like you said, I don't know if they're going to fool Joe Burrow that way. But like you said, I don't know if you have to, you know, with this, the way this defense is constructed this season, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi, right? Those three guys right there. I mean, I, I you know, I like my chances with all those guys winning their battles against the, against what is going to be an improved Bengals offensive line. Then you had Alex Highsmith on top of it. You know, Malik Green will come off the bench. I, I, I like the Steelers' chances as far as let's get some pressure this year with on Joe Burrow because last year they did not. I mean, you know, T.J. Watt didn't did. play in the first game, right? Yeah. And then the second game, you know, he just wasn't a factor whatsoever. So um, I think they got to get pressure, and they got to be able to get pressure with four. I, I agree. And it's funny. When I did uh, – when we, we did our, our, our major crossover episode – between all the AFC North divisions here on Locked On uh, on the Locked On Podcast Network, this is something that Tony does every every day or every week with the AFC North Talk Podcast. So do check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, um, and his stuff on Steeler Country. But Tony, you know, we, you know, when we were talking to 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 our guy Jake of Locked On Bengals, you know, he brought up a Tom Brady comparison, and some mm-hmm. Steelers fans might be like, "Okay, let's get up," but I get it because Tom Brady didn't have the most powerful arm. Tom Joe Burrow doesn't have the most powerful arm. Tom Brady wasn't the fastest. Joe Burrow ain't the fastest. But okay. they're good decision makers. They're good leaders. They don't panic in the moment. And the biggest weakness that I see to Joe Burrow is that when he has to deal with four man pressure, when you know if you're not having to send the house, if you're not having to send that 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 fifth, that sixth extra rusher, so that he has a chance to say, okay, there's definitely a mismatch somewhere in this secondary. I just have to find it. If you if you're not giving him that advantage. And you're just dominating up front. That's when I think he's in trouble. And you know, I know yeah. that can probably be said as a tell-all for for a lot of quarterbacks. But I, you know, I, I look at the times that he struggled last year, and it's when front fours were able to handle him. You look look at the Rams with Aaron Donald. The Rams yeah. didn't have to send blitz after blitz after blitz. They trusted their defensive front. Look at the Titans. They invest. They've invested in that front four to be able to get after people. That and that's what kept them in the game for the, the Bears. For the most part. Bears did that to them too. The Bears but, was another one early in the year. Three bad absolutely. interceptions in that one. Yeah, I, I mean, out there. 
I don't think it's unreasonable to think with the Steelers talent that they have now, they need everyone healthy and yep. they, they need, again, they need to stop the run that can't, because if you, if you give up runs, then you're never in the position where these guys can put, can put you, but you, you can put them in third and eight, third and nine, third and 10 situations where he's in key situations where it's like, Hey, you know, you can't just dump it down and live for the next drive because the Steelers offense, you're, you actually have some respect for them this year. Whereas last year they didn't. I mean, they were never in a position where, Oh man, if we don't score on this drive, yeah, they could, they, they could really hurt us real quick. Um, and, and you have to yeah, one, you have to hope the Steelers offense does better, but two, I, I think you have to hope that this Steelers pass rush can win without extra help from the the, the off ball linebackers and the secondary. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think you know it's the interesting thing about this Bengals team from a year ago. And I, I talked about this yesterday on AFC North Talk, right? You know, I I said to Bengals fans, because they get really upset when you call them a fluke for a year ago. But like they <laughs> were a fluke. They were a fluke a year ago. They were yeah. 100%. And they were a year early, right? I mean, everyone can agree. No one, no one other than Bengals no fans had the Bengals doing what they were doing. What they like AFC champions, you know, plays away from winning a Super Bowl a year ago. I mean, that, that was a fluke. And especially when you look at what they did on the field. Because, you know, the, the most interesting thing about the Bengals a year ago was how much talent. You think about how much talent they have on offense. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I mean, they had so much talent. They weren't a great offense. I mean, you look at the numbers. You go look at yeah. like the any of the even the advanced numbers, like DVOA. They were the 17th best offense in the National Football League last year. You think about all the talent that they had, but they were actually very bad about being a on a play to play efficient offense. They were mm. very explosive. Everybody knows. Everybody can remember the Jamar Chase catch and run crazy plays, the T Higgins yeah. down the sideline plays. We all remember those. But in between, you know, there was a lot of three and out. I think in, in drive success rate, which measures a team's ability to get just either a first down or a touchdown on any drive. The Steelers, or the, the Bengals, I believe, were league average or worse, right? There was a lot of inefficiency in this offense. So another thing, another key, Chris, I think for this team in, in beating Burrow is make him beat you on a down-to-down basis. You know, limit, take take the take the top, or, or put a lid on it, I should say. You know, don't let them take the top off of it. No, no, uh, no big plays. If, if, if Joe Burrow has to earn it down the field, like you said, that's going to start by stopping the run. Because the way the Bengals were able to do this to the Steelers last year was, you know, just just run every play with Joe Mixon and and Burrow just kind of cleaned it up at the end. So that's another key for me is is they they got to limit the big plays. I, I agree with you entirely. If they limit the big plays, that, that that's going to be a big part of it. We'll talk more about how they can do that. I because I talked a little bit about this with Jeff Hathorn, uh, uh, yet on yesterday's episode about the Steelers' cornerbacks, but not just the cornerbacks, the safeties as well. I think that this there's a big part of this as far as how they can force Joe Burrow into tougher situations. We'll talk about that in just a second here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about one of our great sponsors, and that's Prize Picks. Now, if you don't know about Prize Picks, you're missing out because they're they're one of the newest daily fantasy games that everybody's starting to get into, and it's one of the easiest ways to win money. If you're big into fantasy sports, this is a way to get your daily fix by selecting an individual player projections and making simple decisions whether they'll get more or less of a set number of yards touchdowns and other key fantasy stats and it's easy you're just picking two to five players that you think you have a beat on their fan on their fantasy performance for the upcoming day choose whether they'll get more or less of a certain stat if they say two and a half touchdowns you know 100 100 yards something along those lines and then you can make as many entries and prize picks as you want but you and you can win up to 10 times the money that you put in for any entry and you're not competing against someone else it's not like daily fantasy where it's a million people and you have to hit the lottery you're just guessing right on more or less 
picks. That's all it is. And you're trying to beat prize picks itself. Prize picks includes NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, even college sports, and so much more. So download the prize picks apps or go to go, go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N locked on. If you deposit $100, you get $100 on top of that. So prize picks will help you out with that. But remember that promo code locked on L O C K E D O N all capital all one word when you visit prizepicks.com and start placing your more or less bets. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Tony Serino. Tony, I want to get more into this discussion because, like you said, limiting the big play yeah. from Joe Pro from for Joe Burrow is so important forcing him to be consistent all the you know all the way down the field and all throughout the game and it's not easy you know it's one of those things where one person slips a safety forgets the responsibility it's going to stress the Steelers safety safeties in this game like you know make if it's Patrick Terrell Edmonds maybe Trey Norwood uh cuz DeMonte KZ's out but it's going to stress yeah. those guys hey you cannot let these guys get behind you you have to be able to communicate but I think this is something that Mike Tomlin said during his press conference. He said what he loves about his cornerbacks this year, they're very above the neck. They talk, they communicate, they're on the same page. And that might be the biggest ticket to limiting these guys is that, you know, in years past, it was Artie Burns or Cody Sensabaugh or someone along those lines who gave up the big play where they just, they missed their assignment or they just let the, the guy get behind him. They, you know, little things here and there. But these are all veterans. Levi Wallace, respected. Akella Witherspoon, respected. Uh, Cam Sutton, respected. All of these guys with Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick, who, uh, for my money, are one of the best safety tandems in the NFL. Um, when you look at what they cut, how they what how they work together as a pair, you have those five guys on the field for most plays. I truly think the Steelers do have a chance here to limit those big leagues. I'm not saying they're going to shut down anybody, but yeah. I think that they're in a really good position uh, with 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 experienced veterans who will be able to help them avoid those type of big plays. This was the big thing that the Steelers did last year against the Bills, right? This was this was how the Steelers shocked the world last year. No one saw it coming last year. The Steelers going into Buffalo, Buffalo, you know, this, this yep. you know, they're going to be the AFC champion and whatnot. And the Steelers are, you know, the Steelers were coming off of uh, that disappointing end of the season, and they were able to to kind of keep a lid on it with with Josh Allen, make him kind of beat them down the field, and and you know, the, the rest is history. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, you're talking about the, that, that five, you know, the, the kind of five defensive backs on the field at the same time, but do they, here's my question. Do they want to live in single high, which is probably going to stress one of those corners, right? It is. You know, you're, you're, you're talking about, and, and look, they're not going to travel, right? So it's not like a killer is going to be covering Jamar all over no. the field. Right. So do you trust, because if, if it's going to be Levi Wallace, do you trust Levi Wallace in one-on-one against Jamar or T against, do you trust a killer Witherspoon in that same situation? in a one-on-one because that's, I think where Burrow's going to want to take his chances. Burrow loves, you know, he trusts his receivers down the field. He's going to, if yeah. it's there, he's just going to throw it, right. Give his guy a chance. And, and the Bengals, what they did so good last year is they were, you know, their 50, 50 balls were like 90, 10. I mean, they were insane. Yeah. Or do the Steelers want to live in too high? I mean, do they feel like they can stay stout and play more too high and really keep a lid on it, but they're probably going to give up more things underneath. I mean, I think that's a real, you know, I'm sure Tomlin and Trell Austin and, and company are, they're probably having the same discussion right now, aren't they? Of like, how do we want to, how do we want to play this? Uh, I think that's exactly the question that, that that needs to be asked is, 
Can they win with seven in the box? Can yeah. they win with just with just their defensive front, three linebackers, four four for a three down linemen, four linebackers, or you know, you know, two linemen, four backers, and an extra DB? Because if they can. If they can win with that group, it allows them to play those two high safeties. Now, for those who aren't the football, you know, you know, nut jobs like us that that, that study this stuff for, for a living or just do this at ridiculous hours of the night, um, what we're talking about here is when you're looking at formations, a one safety look usually covers the middle part of the field, and it's up to that safety. And usually that's making Fitzpatrick, but it's up to that yeah. safety. Hey, I'm going to help here. I'm going to help there. I'm going to help there, wherever he sees. And Minka Fitzpatrick often gets that roaming ability to do that, and that's how he makes a lot of his biggest plays. But for two high safety looks, this allows, and this gives each of the each of the cornerbacks to say, hey, I have safety protection uh, you know, uh, going for me. So that means if I think an underneath route is coming, I can protect against it. I can be a little bit more aggressive. And if I get beat behind me, there's a safety who will be able to come up and help me and, and try to limit that passing window that would be created by mistake there. And in these, in these games, the Bengals are going to, like you said, they're going to go for those shot plays. If the Steelers can find a way to win with their front seven. And again, this is why it's so imperative to take away Joe Mixon. This, yep. I, I think truly it's that's huge. a bigger factor than shutting down Joe Burrow. Because I think if you shut down Mixon, it helps you shut down Joe Burrow. And I don't think it's going to work in the reverse either. If you're able to win with that, just those front guys up. And I think that's why it's huge for Cam Hayward, Ogan Joby, Watt, Highsmith, bottle those guys up. Don't let those double teams get chip off and get to the, and get to the linebackers. And then Devin Bush and Miles Jack, if they can have a big game, a good game, even if just Miles Jack has a good game and Devin Bush has an okay game, it can, and it limits that Bengals rushing offense. It's going to let that Steelers secondary do whatever they want back there with Terrell Austin as the new defensive coordinator. He was the DB's coach. It's going to let them do some of those two high safety looks. It might let them do some more cover three looks with some with different looks. But the point is, you want to make sure that at different parts of the field, you have you have some protection. Force Joe Burrow to be consistent underneath all game. He never gets the big chunk play. Um, and make sure when he throws those passes, you're making the tackle on point. Don't allow the rack to pick up. We've seen how Jamar Chase can really rip off yards after the catch. Yeah, and, and to, to kind of you know to, to kind of give the audience some some context here, why Chris is so adamant about Joe Mixon and, and stopping him. It was the storyline of this game a year ago. I mean, the, you know, we could talk about Burrow and his numbers. They weren't gaudy, but they didn't need they to weren't. because Joe Joe Mixon in the first game ran 18 times for 90 yards, five yards per carry in that one. And then the second game, this was rough, guys. <laughs> Joe Mixon, 28 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns in the second meeting. It was the storyline of those games. I mean, forget you know Burrow threw for 190 and 180. I think in the in the you know in the two games, who cares? <laughs> they ran the ball whenever they wanted to against the Steelers, and it dictated the entire game. I think it, you're right. They take that away, and then all of a sudden, especially if they can take that away and stay into and, and stay in too high doing it, they have a chance. They they can pull the upset here again. They can they can once again shock the world on the road. Do you think that they do shock the world on the road? I'm never going to rule out Mike Tomlin. I am never going to rule out Mike Tomlin from just, you know, surprising me. But if you're asking me, you know, if, if my if I was going to gamble on this game, what side would I put it on? Here comes Tony the hater. Bengals minus six and a half. <laughs> but but Bengals I think it's a what? horrible matchup for the Steelers. I do. I just think it's it for all the reasons we outlined today. You know, I mean, it's they got to get. What was your score? I heard it. Bengals something something and out. Bengals something something and out. What was your prediction? What was your score? Oh my! I don't have a score. We have, we're doing that tomorrow on the show. Oh, okay. Uh, but, okay. Oh, okay. But I, I, okay. I mean, I have Bengals minus six and a half. 
Bengals minus six, six and a half that's is the Vegas line. Okay. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I have the Bengals winning by at least a touchdown. I know I'm a hater. Sorry. No, that's, uh, listen, I don't think that's hating. Now, saying Matt Ryan is better than Ben Roethlisberger, that was hating. Uh, that's why that's how you got that name because you said that nonsense on this show and I called you out for it. Um, anybody want a anybody want a, a sleeper MVP bet this year? Oh no! Don't you dare say Matt Ryan. I'm just, no, I'm just I was just asking if anybody oh. wants it. That's all. That's all. I just do you want it? Hit me with it, Matty Ice boys. I hate you. I, I just I just walked right into this. I just let him. I, I'm go. I'm sorry, listeners. The I whole AFC is going to beat itself up. What's the easiest division in the AFC right now? Is it the AFC so South? Matty Ice for MVP. I hate you so much, Tony. <laughs> I really do. This is ridiculous. But you, you, you knocked me so far back with that. I, 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 I did. I, I just, this, this, this is this is on on some ridiculous stuff here. But uh, again, I don't think you're being a hater for saying the Bengals could could beat the Steelers because they're the favorites. They're the clear favorites, and I think it's yeah. a safe bet to win. The Bengals are going to be sell. They're bringing down their 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 conference championship banner, which. Eh, um, they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be announcing that they're celebrating. They're at home. They're against their hated rivals. You know that the crowd's gonna be pumped up. They're gonna want to beat the Steelers really bad. Even though they swept the Steelers last year, they want to prove that they're still the best team in the division. Three times in um, a row. We don't. I know we want to forget the other one, but three. It's actually three. Oh, that's times right. In no, row. you're right. Three times in a row. They beat them at the end of the 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 2020 season. Um, you know, and and, and that's that's something right there. And I'm, I'd have to actually look up the last time the Bengals want, beat the Steelers four times in a row. Um, so you know, again. Never. I, I don't <laughs> never. Um, I, I don't. I don't put it past the Bengals. Yeah, they could. They they could hurt hurt the Steelers. They have a lot. They're a balanced roster. They have a lot of advantages. I'm just you know, and I said this earlier in the week. They have a new offensive line. They're ramped up. PFF gave them a high grade, high preseason grade. Of course. Yeah. Uh, just look up where PFF operates. Then ask yourself <laughs> why they're such big Bengals proponents. Uh, but. You know, yeah, I I respect for some of the individuals they added to their line, but how they play yeah. as a unit, that's going to be a right. big question. But you, but don't you think it's gonna it's gonna be hard for them to for for the for the Steelers to scheme up that kind of pressure unless it's simulated pressure, you know, and they don't actually bring it right. They just kind of because you want to test what I mean, you you yeah. have to test the communication. We talk about five guys playing together for the first time. Yeah. It's all about their ability to communicate to one another. But we just talked about we don't really you know you don't want the Steelers to bring five or six a lot of the time. No, because that's going to leave Burrow in some easy, you know, some easy outs. And so, you know, you can do some stunts, you can do some twists. I mean, you can do some simulated pressure. You can figure out ways to, to make things harder on them. But the hardest thing is going to be, you know, when you can get free rushers at times by bringing a guy where they don't see it coming. But that's where Burrow's going to end up beating you. So that's why it's just it's just a t- tough matchup. It's a tough matchup. Doing a great job. Stewart's doing a great job of taking away number one receivers. But boys, they're a better number two in the NFL right now than T. Higgins. It's just yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a- it's it's a tough one, but we'll be keeping you up to date with that because I do think that there's going to be uh it's gonna be a fun matchup. I do think this is actually gonna be a very entertaining game. I do think both sides are gonna be doing some punching back and forth. Shock uh, the and world. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shock the world, he says. Uh but Tony, thanks so much for being on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Tomorrow, we have our crossover episodes are back. We will have the Lockdown Bengals guys right here on, on Lockdown Steelers. Do check it out. It's going to be a fun episode. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Let, let, let those guys tomorrow know that they were a fluke last year. They'll, they'll take it very well. Uh, oh, you God. can follow me. You said it. That's fine. They were a fluke last year. They, may, they wouldn't be a fluke if they did it now, but they were a fluke last year. They were too early. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter <laughs> at Steeler Country. You can find me on YouTube. I do a roundtable show called AFC North Talk. It is a roundtable show all about the AFC North. I, of course, represent the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
on that show. And you can also find me on my YouTube channel, Steeler Country with Tony Serino. And of course, here on Locked On Steelers with my friend Chris. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Tony Serino, for joining the show again. Do check him out on his platform. As hilarious as he is, he also knows his stuff about football. He'll just give you a lot of sarcasm. And yeah. uh, you just and, you really got to you really got to pay attention to figure it out in between all the jokes. Like, oh, that was actually smart. You know, that was actually that was the actual take there. Tony, <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. It's always fun to have you on Locked on Steelers. Um, I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Check me out at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Also, check out the North Shore Drive podcast where I host Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes uh talking about everything we talked a little bit more about this with jason Mackey and how things played out there we also talked about his upcoming insider story about chris boswell what makes him such a clutch kicker and so focused that'll be coming up in the paper this weekend but if you want to preview go to the north shore drive podcast on youtube apple spotify google podcast anywhere that you can find this show also remember if you rate the, rate this show the lockdown Steelers podcast five stars with a positive comment on apple podcast you get a shout at the end of the show like this person we got austin beeson who comes who comes in and gives us five stars, says, best podcast. Chris Carter knocks it out the park every day. I start my day with Locked On every morning, and it gets better every day and makes me realize things that I didn't e- even see. Hashtag Let's Go Steeler Nation. Thank you so much, Austin, for your five-star review. If anyone else got one, please put it out there. I will get you on the show as fast as I can. Tomorrow we got that crossover episode with Jake and James. It's going to be a fun episode. Well, you know, we get to, we get the gauge. How do they feel about that offensive line? We'll talk about more of that on the Locked On Steelers podcast on the Thursday episode. Stay tuned. Thank you.